0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. Well, let's get to it. I want to talk to you about the porn plague. Now, I have to tell you that my approach to challenging men, and it's mainly men we're talking about when it comes to porn. But my approach to challenging men is not to go through the long list of sins or of flaws and uh, unproductive behavior that is unique to men. I think you call men to be better men, not by talking about their lesser nature, but talking about the better angels of their nature, as Lincoln said. I'm not uh, the kind of speaker who likes to condemn or speak about negatives. But you can't work with men as I do. You can't challenge men to be better men as I do. You can't uh, be among men as I am uh, so much these days and thrilled to be in that community uh, without confronting the problem of porn. It creates uh, shame for many men. It's a challenge for them as they attempt to work with their sons, as they attempt to escape it in their lives, keep it out of their homes. Um, it is a, a serious problem, as we all know, and it's very, very difficult to to escape. And so men talk about it. Men need help with it. Men want to know how to help their sons escape it, uh, and they're challenged by it in our generation. Uh, I'm very familiar with the situation uh, most men face regarding porn. I don't mind talking about it one bit. Um, My father was a U.S. Army officer. We lived mainly in the United States. But when I became a teenager, uh, literally when I turned 13, uh, just just during that summer, we moved to Germany. Now, we had already lived in Germany for many years, but I was in the first, second, third grade, I think maybe part of the fourth. Um, But it was when we went to Germany and lived particularly in Berlin during most of my teen years that I didn't develop a porn problem in the sense that I I began to uh invest myself in it. It just invaded me. If you know anything about uh German culture, Germany especially in the those years, this would have been in the 70s, uh you just you couldn't turn on television without seeing it. You couldn't drive down the street. You couldn't read the German version of of Time or Newsweek, which uh as I recall the main magazine we read in German was Der Stern. Um, that means the star in English. And, you know, nudity was a common part of it. Uh, you'd turn on the television to be a nude woman selling potato chips. You'd turn on TV in the afternoon when you got home from school and the uh, the soap operas had full nudity. Um, it just wasn't uncommon. Uh, nudity was just regarded differently. And I went jogging once with a fellow football player. We were uh, running through the Waldsee in Berlin and uh, suddenly ended up in the nudist section. There I was, 13, 14, maybe, maybe 15. Um, and was staring at a fully mature woman who had no clothes on. Well, I'd never seen anything like it before. I wasn't very sexually active, but the image is stuck in my mind. I have a very uh, graphic mind. I think pictorially like we all do. I'm very visual. uh, And these images stuck in my mind. Um, Actually, I moved back to the United States uh, during my junior year of high school, and, and things actually got better. Um, I don't remember much porn at all uh, circulating in my school. I didn't know there was none in my house. I think, you know, I might have seen something on HBO or something like HBO if it even existed in those days, but it just wasn't a major part of my life. But I'll tell you the three or four years that we were in Berlin when I was a young teenager, new adolescent, um, I have to tell you that those images stuck in my mind forever. I can remember some to this moment, I'm sorry to say. And It became a battle my whole life, uh, not so much a battle with being sexually active, but a battle with the images in my head, which of course leads to all the other practices that we, we men are very familiar with, and it also shapes our sexual lives when we're married and the way we view our wives and so on. Uh, the, the, the challenge today, of course, for, for most men is that you don't have to necessarily have a porn problem or go seek it or pay for it to come across it. Uh, have half, the halftime commercials at a football game, the the cheerleaders and the way the cameras go right up their skirts, the uh, the the fact that even uh, you know the average television show. I can't tell you how many times Bev and I have been sitting in our living room and been stunned by the fact that suddenly you're looking at some woman dancing on a pole, uh, which is something that you wouldn't have seen uh, when I was in in high school, let's say, uh, on television, or you wouldn't have been exposed to it unless you actually went to those kinds of places. Here, it's on television shows at eight o'clock at night. My point now is not to rehearse the whole thing again. Uh, My point, though, is to say that we've got a serious, serious problem and we need to get open about it. Let me tell you a stat that I hope makes some of you men just decide to get right in the middle of this. You know, the average boy in America usually sees his first pornographic image at the age of 11. Now, that's the official stat. I think it's much earlier, frankly. One in three American boys is now considered a heavy porn user. One in three. Now, this would be pre-adolescent. One in three is considered a heavy porn user. And the average boy watches two hours of porn every week. Two hours of porn every week. Now, some of you are going to be surprised by that. But but the fact of the matter is that uh, you know if you've got a cell phone, if you've got a computer, uh, if you even go to a library where there's a computer, you can uh, watch porn and watch it very, very easily. So, We know it's a problem for uh, adult men who want to be pure, want to be clean, don't want to be looking at women other than their wives, um, don't want these challenges of lust and what have you in their minds, don't want to have violent scenes, rape scenes, perversion scenes in their brains. Um, And, of course, I, I constantly am challenging men that one of their great callings is to protect boys. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to keep them from these very same destructive images entering into their minds. This is not prudishness. This is not uh, what some people accuse us of having, uh, being a a fear of the human form, a fear of of sex. I, I hope that every man listening has an awesome sex life all within the confines of marriage and with the same woman. But the fact is that pornography is unquestionably leading to perversion. It's leading to dissatisfaction with marital sex. It's leading to... Um, Horrible crimes against women. There's no question. It's part of that picture So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I, I think that in most homes It's time to get very radical about this First of all, there has to be conversation about it What one of the things that I find to be Unbelievably destructive in homes and in relationships between fathers and sons is what's not discussed Men need to talk to their sons about sex and not just the mechanics and the plumbing of it, but about what's pure, what's righteous, what's holy, um, what is healthy. If a father won't engage his son, he's just simply being a coward. And if he's somehow just mentally or physically incapable of having that conversation. I don't mean to laugh about that at all, that he's got to take responsibility for enlisting someone else to have that conversation. Get the doctor and, and sit in the room with the doctor. Get in the room with the with the uncle who's more articulate. Get in the room with the coach or somebody, the health teacher at school, somebody who can teach these things and do so with a sense of moral boundaries. So conversations are essential, conversations uh, both with sisters and, and uh, mothers in the room and, and conversations without. Second of all, there have to be boundaries. I am a big, big advocate for putting some of these filters onto computers that we now have. There's there's one uh, system I heard of recently. Uh, it's called X Church. You can look that up online. And what it does, a man actually sets it up, and then the, the system will send an email to someone who's already been designated to hold the man accountable. So one of the men I was talking to uses X Church, and when he looks at porn, an email goes to his mother. Now think about that. It's a serious preventative, but it also uh, has been a very good basis for conversation between this man and his and, and his mother. If I recall correctly, the father's not living, so that's why he he chose his mother. Not only would it be the most humiliating to him, embarrassing, uh, challenging, preventative, but also it would um, it was the the one person he could really trust with this information. Uh, I think that's a great system. I'm not I'm not sure why the name's called Triple X Church, but still, I'm delighted that somebody somewhere, and hopefully it's a church, is uh, is setting up these systems. There are other porn filters and you can certainly find them online and block them. I recommend that fathers know what their sons are looking at. I recommend that we know what's coming into our house. And it's time for us to get honest about the fact that a lot of what passes for entertainment on networks like HBO and Showtime is just sheer unadulterated perversion. I I'm stunned even at my age and with my broad exposure to sexual matters not only in my 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 own life but as a as a leader and a pastor for many years I just I, there's not much I haven't heard seen you know gotten every kind of person out of prison worked worked with him in prison gone to trials heard every kind of nasty thing Um Even at my age and with my experience, I am stunned by what passes for entertainment on some of these shows. Still stunned to walk into a hotel room and just flip the TV on and start looking for something decent to watch. And just what you see in passing is astonishing. Again, my point is not to just uh, talk about the evil times in which we live. We all know that. My point is to say there's something that can be done about it. Uh, and that one of the steps we ought to take is by disconnecting the television, at least not having some of these television shows in our packages. Um, if you've got children in your home, you should not have HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, uh, playing unfiltered, un, uh, unchecked in your home. Absolutely not. There's full-on porn and worse than porn now, horrible perversion Uh, In these programs, Um, I don't recommend you watch them yourself. But if you're going to, then do it with an online account with your iPad or something. Again, I'm not advocating it. I don't think you ought to be watching it at all. But at least keep it away from your children. At least filter it out. And again, my encouragement is you not watch it at all. And then, I think the, the finally, you have to be careful about what you have in magazines. You have to be careful about what movies you see. Much of what is going to destroy our generation is in our entertainment. For the first time, perhaps, it's, it's the things that we turn on, the things that we welcome, the things that we enjoy watching, um, and, the, and the moral lines constantly being shifted in those entertainments that are going to, I think, uh, be our downfall and cause, uh, cost us so much damage. The, the bottom line for me, though, is uh, my father was a good American. He was a good warrior. He was a patriot. He was not that great of a father to me. Um, we never had a conversation about any serious moral issue, uh, unless I lied to him or he caught me, uh, you know, sneaking off uh, late at night or something. I mean, we'd have conversations, but they were chastisements and punishments. They weren't explanations. They weren't explorations. They weren't discussion that would lead to any kind of discovery about why I was doing what I was doing and why it was destructive talk to each other, have conversation. Men take responsibility for clear communication in the home. This is not something to be shuffed off on the women. This is something that we need to take responsibility for. Not that women are incompetent. They're better at it than we are in many cases. But a man has to take responsibility for the soul of his son until it's no longer uh, the appropriate age and time and season for that to happen. Porn is something that is it may feel like a genuine connection to the human body. It is actually a distortion. It actually creates expectations that will not be met with spouses. It creates a dissatisfaction with normal. Um, it heightens to, a, to a, perver- a horribly perverse extent the sex drive. Uh, it awakens it too early in a young man's life. And it deforms his view of the world and leads to all types of destruction. Declare war in a reasonable, balanced way on the porn around you, around your home, around your children, and do everything you can to back this force out of the circle of your life. This is one of the great battles of our age, and it's time for all of us to engage it. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author and popular speaker who coaches and advises leaders worldwide. To learn more about Stephen, log on to StephenMansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote and performed the Rockin' Podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production. Chartwell is ingeniously led by Beverly Darnell Mansfield. As a result, all rights are reserved. For more information, contact us through StephenMansfield.tv.